This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Thursday the 11th of August. In your Squiz today, China's ambassador addresses the press club. The worst of COVID could be over. Serena Williams to evolve away from tennis. And a guinness fueled athletic feat. This is your Squiz today. Australia's relationship with China is hugely significant, both when it comes to economic ties such as trade, as well as regional security. So there was plenty of attention on the address given yesterday by China's ambassador Zhao Chen to the National Press Club. On the topic of the new government, he said there's an opportunity for a possible reset of relationship between our nations and that when it comes to ongoing trade disputes, China is ready to move on if we are. But Claire, the real focus of the questions to the ambassador centred on the situation in Taiwan, and there's no hint of a conciliatory tone there. What Zhao said is that China has been waiting for a peaceful reunification with Taiwan, and then he said when it comes to using other means if necessary, asked about what those means might be, he said, use your imagination. Mm. That's done absolutely nothing to calm down the concerns of our officials and no doubt officials around the world when it comes to wondering what it is that China will do with Taiwan. Uh, Of course, just to quickly recap, Taiwan is seen by China as a breakaway province. Taiwan sees itself as its own nation. It's been the centre of tensions and some really dangerous manoeuvrings in the last week or so since US House Speaker uh, Nancy Pelosi visited last week. Uh, It doesn't look like there's any end to that tension. No, and he said that if nations were concerned about peace in the region, they would put their one China policy into practice with sincerity, with no compromise. There was a lot of criticism from China about Foreign Minister Penny Wong earlier in the week when she joined her US and Japanese counterparts in condemning China's military drills around Taiwan. So when it comes to looking at regional peace and stability, it's not all smooth sailing on the diplomatic front. No, it really isn't. And our acting Prime Minister Richard Miles yesterday uh, dismissed miss China's accusations that Australia is one of those nations that's undermining regional peace and stability, saying that there's only so much that Australia is going to be able to do with China, no matter what it says. In the end, he says that he can only control what Australia says and does, that China is asking for some very difficult things from us, and that Australia will need to act in its own national interest. I heard you say acting Prime Minister in there, Claire, and that's because Prime Minister Anthony Albanese is currently taking a week's holiday. In international news, Ukraine continues to battle the Russian forces that have invaded and now occupy parts of the country. But President Vladimir Zelensky has put reclaiming Crimea publicly on the agenda as part of their endgame. So just to put Crimea in the frame, it's a part of Ukraine that was annexed by Russia in 2014. It's a peninsula on the Black Sea, which is in Ukraine's south. And what many people say is that was really the start of Russia's war on Ukraine. So things do have quite a backstory. And Larissa, we've got squish shortcuts that will take you through all of those things if you want to dig them out. Mm. But it's very interesting to hear Vladimir Zelensky uh, reference Crimea really 
really is their end game to say that Crimea is Ukrainian and that we will never give it up. It's come about as a key Russian airbase on the Crimean Peninsula. It was rocked by a series of explosions. Ukraine have denied responsibility. If they did do it, it would be a significant upping of Ukraine's counterattack on Russia. Moscow said that the explosions were due to detonations of stored ammunition, not the result of any attack. Back home and the worst of COVID could be over for Australia. At least that's the thinking of infectious disease modellers Roman Raganet from Monash University and James Wood from the New South Wales government. They say it's unlikely that Australia will see another big knockout wave of infections. Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> We've only been talking about COVID for almost mm. <laughs> certainly two and a half years anyway. So uh, what they're saying is that looking at the numbers and looking at how things are going at the moment, uh, things should start to pitter out that we've probably seen the worst of COVID, uh, certainly when it comes to the wave that we've just seen in the last bit of time. Uh, the big but that comes in uh, is if there's a new nasty variant that comes onto the scene. Uh, but things are looking good, they say, because we have that combination of vaccination now, uh, also an immune response that many people have because they've had an infection and that should see cases and hospitalisations fall. Um, long story short, it's looking good for this virus to become like a flu, the experts say, that there will be these seasonal outbreaks, but generally we'll have pretty good immunity across the community. Also a bit of news, if you're one of the 7 million Australians who downloaded the COVID Safe app, you can feel free to delete it. It's being decommissioned because it's no longer being used for COVID-19 contact tracing. To finance and the Commonwealth Bank says they're seeing the interest rate rises having an effect on consumer confidence. They're seeing lots of customers cutting their spending, especially those with mortgages. Matt Common, who is the CEO of the Commonwealth Bank, was out and about yesterday delivering the company's latest results. They've recorded a very healthy profit. Uh, but what he says is, of course, is the leader of the biggest bank in our country and therefore our biggest lender, that when they look into the data of what those mortgage holders are doing, they are cutting their spending, uh, whether that's on their credit cards or whether that's the savings that they have. And he reckons when you look at the timing, that's all down to those interest rate rises. He said it started as soon as the rate started going up in May. Uh, that's in line with the latest consumer sentiment survey that's done by Westpac and the Melbourne Institute. What it shows is that households have become deeply pessimistic. Yeah, for all those reasons, of course, that we've covered in the podcast over the last couple of weeks and months, high inflation, interest rate hikes, and then add in those falling home prices as well. A quick message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic Dam Copper Mine. It's happening now at BHP. 
In sport, and one of the greatest tennis players of all time has announced plans to retire, or as Serena Williams puts it, evolve away from the game, Claire. (laughs) Evolving away. I'm thinking (laughs) of the things in my life that I've evolved (laughs) away from, (laughs) but not as serious, or I don't think I did any of those things as well as Serena Williams played tennis. Uh, An incredible career that she's had. Let the very long farewell to Serena Williams begin. She's set to play in the US Open. That starts at the end of this month and goes into September. We're going to be hearing a lot about her and no doubt celebrating her career. While she's 40 and retiring, Australian basketballer Lauren Jackson at 41 is making a comeback. She's been picked in the Opals squad for the FIBA Women's Basketball World Cup. That starts in Sydney on September 22. We'll be cheering for her along with the rest of the Opals. This next story is sport adjacent, but Irishman Robert Pope's record-setting run across Ireland in 24 hours started and finished in a rather unathletic kind of way, I have to say. (laughs) Look, this guy, we should say at the start, is a serious athlete. Like the marathons that he's run (laughs) are just incredible. And running 211 kilometres within a day is pretty impressive. Uh, But, yeah, certainly up in my stakes, he started the run in Galway with a Guinness. (laughs) He ended the run in Dublin with a Guinness. <laughs> he said he felt pretty sick when he got underway. You can understand that. But, yeah, he's thought to be the first person to run the width of Ireland in 24 hours. It's honestly one of the most Irish stories I've read. He decided to do it on a whim. He gave himself two months to prepare, but the music festival Glastonbury got in the way. So he had about <laughs> five weeks to prepare. Still, he got it done, fueled and rewarded by Guinness. So there you go. Before we go, Claire, shortcuts this week. You and Kate take a look at two legends of Australian entertainment, Olivia Newton-John and Judith Durham, the lead singer of The Seekers. And interestingly, they sort of came from the same-ish kind of time of Australian music and they both had ambitions to make it in the UK and the United States and both of them did it incredibly well. So, yeah, we look at those two women. Of course, they died within a week of each other and there's been lots of remembering of their brilliant careers. It's a really lovely look at their lives and careers. Just search for Squiz Shortcuts in your podcasting app to have a listen to that one. That's all from us. Enjoy your day and we will be back with you tomorrow.